This podcast is brought to you by Life Mastery Course. Get 90% off enrollment today at livewellacademy.com. Welcome to the Toastmasters Podcast, the official podcast of Toastmasters International. Hello, everybody. This is Greg Gazin. And I'm Ryan Levac. Ryan, we have a repeat offender on the line. Who do we have today? <laughs> yes, today's guest is past international president and distinguished Toastmaster, Pat Johnson. Pat is perhaps our all-time most frequent guest on the show. For those unfamiliar with Pat's background, she's a resident of Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. She's been a member of Toastmasters since 1983. And in 2010 to 2011, Pat was the fifth woman to serve as international president of Toastmasters International. At the International Convention in Chicago last summer, Pat rolled out her new book, A Handbook for Building and Sustaining Vibrant Toastmasters Programs in Corporations. The content of her handbook was also explored in an educational presentation she conducted at the convention. Pat is currently an ontological life coach and consultant in her own company, Pat Johnson & Associates, where she coaches individuals and groups from various walks of life who aspire to achieve more in their life, both personally and professionally. Pat Johnson, once again, welcome back to the Toastmasters podcast. Thank you so much, Greg and Ryan. I'm delighted to be here. Welcome back. The book name, I'm not going to repeat it. It's quite a mouthful. Yeah, there's a bit of a story there. It started out that it was the working title. It just evolved that as I tried to make it clearer uh, so that people would see the book and understand what was inside of it, it stuck. And as Dan Rex and I had a discussion around it, it was that that title was the one that made sense. So we had to had to make the book bigger to get the title on it. <laughs> Awesome. So the, the first thing I think that jumps out in the title is the use of Toastmasters programs where some longtime Toastmasters members might automatically expect to see Toastmasters clubs. And I know that is not by accident or coincidence. Mm -hmm. um, do you want to just uh, kind of clear that part up and, and explain the distinction there, Pat? Yes, absolutely. Thanks. And this is the greatest paradigm shift is looking at that Toastmasters International is an education organization. And what we really have to sell is our curriculum, our uh, program that actually teaches us through experiences how to become uh, leaders and communicators. We put it in a structure in the communities that have been called clubs, which is a very old historic title and we hear lots of people call them chapters and clubs and meetings and it's very confusing but when I sat in the chair of my role in the corporate world in learning and development what we buy is programs and that is what we're buying is curriculum to be delivered to our employees so that's how I got to the pure essence of the curriculum that is what we're looking at taking into the corporation and partnering them just as we would with if I was delivering, for example, project management and I went to a corporation, I would be looking at contracting with them to bring in the curriculum and deliver it. So it was getting rid of all the structure that we have historically in our clubs and yeah. 
So there was a specific reason or a purpose why you wrote this book, and maybe you could share a little bit about that with us, please. Yes, uh, I found that uh, years and years ago, I actually created a corporate club with fellow Toastmaster Rita Sanitani, who's no longer on this physical plane. But her and I created a program in a IT company, and it lasted. This club was highly successful for about 25 years. And they integrated thoroughly through their corporation. I watched that program work so successfully. I started talking about it from the platform when I was president and having private conversations. And I tend to lobby and put ideas out and watch them germinate and come to fruition. So that's what happened with this. As people heard about it and we started talking about why corporate clubs don't survive the weaknesses of them, if we want to call them weaknesses, but vulnerabilities of them. I looked at it and thought, wow, I need to start talking about this more again. And when I did, I started getting calls. One by one, people were calling me and we were spending one to two hours on the phone discussing the concepts because it's not super easy to grasp at the very first, if it's the first you've heard of it. And then I went, this is absolutely crazy. I'll never work my way through the organization. So I woke up one morning and Sally Newell Cohen at that time had called me and asked me if I would do a presentation at convention because I talked to her, both her and Dan Rex about this concept. And I said, yes. So once I started preparing the handouts for that presentation, I went, oh, this looks like a book. That was it. So the next day I started writing the book. What my goal was, as Stephen Covey would say, would be to get begin with the end in mind. And ultimately, I saw where Toastmasters program or curriculum would be available in corporations around the world, simply through the corporate training calendar or however they advertised their professional development programs that we would go in and we would support the corporation in uh, presenting and offering that because Communication and leadership skills from an experiential perspective are almost impossible to find in the training world from my experience. I looked at the importance of us bringing our curriculum without all the Toastmaster language. We talk a great jargon without knowing it. We walk in, we start talking about I'm a DTM and we have pathways and we have all these uh, different paths and badges and, you know, we have all this language that we have table topics and evaluation. We have VP of membership and VP of education on and on. And corporate doesn't talk like that. The other uh, experience going right to the very beginning is that when I would visit district districts and go on corporate visits for the most part, I would see a lot of space or a lot of uh, opportunity to improve the presentation because corporations from my perspective and and same as individuals want to know the benefits. They don't want to know my personal story and how it changed my life and I love my Toastmasters club and I can hardly wait to get up and go on Thursday morning. They're like, ah, this sounds like, you know, something that you do on Saturday morning. So I I saw that 
uh, focusing on the benefits and identifying how we could help them meet their training needs. So that was really important. And so from there, I also took the agendas that we often see in the club and I cleaned them out. I cleaned up the language, changed the language to reflect an education program. I talk about communication and leadership. I, I never say the words public speaking. Uh, I want to really buy communication because more than, than talking, I want my people in the corporation to learn how to listen, to listen carefully and critically, as well as think. And then to be able to run a meeting, be able to present, be able to do interviews, be able to all the skills that would be communication, whether it's formal or informal, interpersonal, as well as as listening carefully and being able to analyze what's being said. So the focus really became on the curriculum and not all of the protocol and traditional club language. Okay, so when we're looking at the corporate club versus a community club, a community club is typically made up of individuals. They come from all different walks of life, whereas the corporate club or corporate program is typically within the organization. Yeah, let me uh, just define what I mean when I talk about corporate programs or the common language that's currently used is as a corporate club. What I'm referring to is a closed club. So when a corporation has said, yes, I want the Toastmasters program in-house and my employees will go to it, I will pay for them or reimburse them. They may or may not get time off to go, but only my employees go to this. It is not open to the general public. And what I've discovered in traveling around is that a lot of the corporate clubs that I visited may have very well started out to be a closed program, but over time they were unable to sustain it. And so being good community citizens or partners, they've opened it up to their neighbors. And that's not what I'm talking about when I, when I refer to corporate programs. This works if it's in-house and it's run through the HR or the training department, it's advertised, they recruit the people to be in the program through their supervisors and managers, they send employees to this training or employees ask to go to this training as part of their professional development. Pat, some of what we've been talking about is the distinctions in language and the the jargon that we use when we're dealing with a corporate environment or a community club. I'd like to ask if you could share a bit more about some of the other unique ways of presenting the Toastmasters opportunity in a corporate environment uh, that we wouldn't necessarily do in a community environment. What are some of the unique challenges or some of the ways that we can present this in a way that will be attractive and meet the needs of uh, the corporate culture? When I start out or when we start out to go into a corporation, the first thing I want to do is ask what kind of training that they provide and how training is set up in the corporation. I then want to find out if they have communication and leadership training or if we could meet their needs through identifying all our transferable skills. The other thing that's really important for the corporate world when we speak to them first is that 
when we talk about tracking 300 competencies in our adult education principled program, that's very impressive. And it's easy to enroll a corporation in bringing on a program from a an organization that's over 90 years old, has millions of people who have gone through the program, currently in 140 some countries of the world, eight official language translations. It's, and you know, and over 330,000 people currently taking the program. So that's right away we have super credibility and so they're curious. One of the unique selling propositions when we get into the corporation is to make it very clear there's no graduation and there's no pass or fail. These are things that are really critical for the corporate world to understand because that's very unusual for we send people to a week long program, perhaps, but going to something that's a year long or two years long or three years long is quite unheard of. So they need to to really understand how it works. That it's experiential learning is another thing because we're building skills when we're in the program. We don't just read a book. We don't have a discussion in the classroom and go away and never talk about it again. Employees can join and they'll all bring different needs, but we will learn with peer evaluation so that they will be developing those relationships within the program. The other unique thing that happens is within that program, we're going to have seven opportunities for leaders to step up to then form uh, an executive leadership uh, team that will liaise into the organization for various responsibilities. So there's a lot of very unique things that happen in, in a corporate program that the corporation has to understand because for the most part, they haven't seen this from any other a contractor that comes in to deliver classroom training. The other thing that's important to differentiate right up at the very beginning is that the leadership training for those leaders is mandatory. And I use that word because if they're going to be leaders, they need to go to leadership training and that will be held outside of their program hours. But if you're a leader, you, you do that because that's the price you're willing to pay to be a leader. The other differentiation is, well, I guess it's not really a differentiation, but one of the things that I find in the corporate world is to be really upfront that this is a global organization and people can access and develop through this program as far and as high as they want to go. So those are some of the things that are important to enroll the corporation in upfront. The other unique thing that happens is because Toastmasters has a unique delivery method. The participants teach participants through peer learning. Again, that doesn't sound very attractive to a corporation. So I've got this person that over here, person A that doesn't know anything, and they're going to teach person B who doesn't know anything. So we need to talk about how Toastmasters, experienced Toastmasters come in and support the unique delivery method that it's peer to peer and we're going to support them in the program or the agenda that we have. We have an education component and we're always teaching and giving some uh, feedback so that people continue to learn their skills and grow as peer instructors. 
So Pat, I guess for the longest time, we try to create new Toastmaster clubs or Toastmaster programs the way that we've been used to doing it for a long time. But obviously what you're suggesting is that we're not talking about changing the program. What we're talking about is changing the way that we approach the corporations, using the language that they know and they understand in terms of when they're buying training or when they're buying programming for personal development for their teams. Yes, absolutely. And my experience, as you've referred to, is that often we've put community clubs and the way we run them and put them in the corporate world. So, for example, we would end up in some corporate clubs that have existed. They have the agenda from the corporate club or from the community club. They have in the States, they would have the Pledge of Allegiance, which we don't have in training programs in the corporate world, even in the States. Uh, We have the expectation in the corporate world that there would be an instructor at the front of the room or somebody engaging to share the information or expertise, and we don't have that. A community club would be responsible, and we each own the club, and we run around and make sure that our friends are all invited and that we're in charge of making sure that everything is in place. That's very different from the corporate world. And when we put corporate programs in place, one of the major differences is that the corporation has said that this is part of our training program and that we are responsible to ensure that there's sufficient enrollment in this program for it to run. If we could just put our mind into the corporate world, it just changes the dynamics. We're not fighting for people to get speaking spots, I would say that if there's an accountability through the performance review plan in the corporation, that people are lined up, participants are lined up to achieve their learning objectives that they've created with their supervisors and managers so that they either get reimbursed or they can report out that they've completed their learning objectives to their supervisor. The focus goes to the participant showing up to be the learner, not responsible for running the program. That makes sense. I mean, I I have to admit I'm probably guilty of that, having set up some corporate clubs or having been involved in, in sponsoring corporate clubs. We pretty much started with the agenda from our own community club, and we went around trying to gather up people to attend, whereas the onus switches back to the corporation because this is a formal process in terms of personal development for the people. Yes. The other thing that I do when I visit corporations to talk about Toastmasters, when I'm asking them about their training programs, I'm always curious about, do they send their employees to professional development training during work hours and pay for it? Or do they expect the employee to pay and get reimbursed or to go on their personal time. And then from there, I ask the Toastmasters program to be part of their professional development training. Therefore, it would be during work hours. And of course, that becomes negotiable. But, you know, some corporations give employees five days training a year for their professional development. Well, if we take that and break five work days down into hours, they can go to a lot of Toastmaster meetings for those five training days. Pat, a lot of our 
conversation so far has focused on presenting the Toastmasters program and then the subsequent building of the club. The other part that your handbook touches upon is the sustaining the Toastmaster program once it's been installed in the organization. What are some of the critical success factors for sustaining a successful Toastmaster program in a corporate environment? I believe that there's some onus on the district and or Toastmasters International for that. And we need to be, well, ideally trained to support that Toastmasters program in a different way. Our area directors, for example, going in to visit a corporate program will not be talking about having open houses or membership drives. Those That kind of language wouldn't exist. So we need to train our area and division directors as well as our district teams to build them as well as to support them. The other element that comes up is when we have a TLIs or club officer training for our community clubs, what do we offer the corporate world? What I've done over the past uh, couple of years, and this is a place for districts to start at least, is to hold one session. When, during the TLI, have a breakout session that's specific for corporate participants and have them a facilitated discussion around what works, have them share the their wins and their challenges with one another and find out what's happening in the other corporations where they can take ideas away. Because a lot of it is that they're right now in that transition, they're trying to get it over so that the corporation owns more of it rather than it being looking like a community club inside a corporation. The other thing that uh, the district really needs to look at is in my opinion, is under the district trio or the leadership team, who is responsible for looking after the corporate, the corporate programs, who does the training for the area division district team, and who supports them. When we have uh, club mentors and sponsors going in, or mentors and sponsors going into the corporation, they need to be trained to do it differently. When the initial sales call is made, they need to be, your workforce has to be trained to talk the different language. So there's a lot of work to do at the district level to support and to sustain and get it started right in the beginning. And making sure that the corporation understands as well that there's going to be a a presence of a Toastmaster representative there. Uh, The other thing that I ask for is that the mentors and sponsors have a different term of office. It's important that mentors and sponsors be there for the long haul. For example, I request that sponsors be there a minimum of six months because we need them there to train 25, 30 people that don't know anything about this communication and leadership program. The mentors, on the other hand, I ask that they stay a minimum of one year so that we are there to protect the unique delivery method of Toastmasters and make sure that that stays congruent with our program and that delivery method is is, uh, protected and sustained. That really helps to establish the program It's important that we continually have resources going into that 
corporate program to ensure that unique delivery method of the Toastmaster program. We could, in essence, have, uh, depending on the cycle in the corporation, people are doing their performance reviews. We could easily have 10 people sent, new people sent to the Toastmaster program. And who's there to support 10 brand new people? If the program started at the first intake in January, you might have 20 people that have been there for three months. So we need the presence and the ongoing presence to inform the participants about the corporate reach outside of the program so that they go to area division, international, that they can they understand the leadership opportunities that exist outside that program that they have access to, that they are aware of the speaking opportunities if they have a desire to get some kind of designation, whether they want to become an accredited speaker, which would have huge appeal in the corporate world, or perhaps a a world champion, perhaps they're interested in, in running for an international board, which would be very conducive to their career development. There are some corporate clubs that are very successful, and I would suggest that until they run into difficulty, if they ever do, that they continue to function the way they do because they've got expectations, they've their their people are going through the corporation is obviously happy or is it's functioning so you know if it the old saying if it isn't broken don't fix it when the corporation's toastmaster program starts to fall apart i'm hearing from clubs saying we're having difficulties what can we do and that's where we start to one by one convert them over and set them up differently where the corporation has more of a buy-in and a role to play in the ownership of it and and get the the responsibility off the shoulder of the individual who's been carrying it who's exhausted or is moving on and wants to make sure that toastmaster stays in that corporation it's all those variations it's not cut and dried we can't easily parcel them all over here have to change or be done this way but there's all that again that whole continuum and i i say if things are working well don't touch them just keep them going that way i agree that there are some challenges with uh, with some corporate programs but there are also some that have been very successful i'm thinking of one in particular that has done very well they had an internal person who was always there, not not necessarily a member of a club, but an individual that oversaw. And in fact, he was one of the general managers for this corporation. He believes in the Toastmaster program. He also shared with me how it, it ties his teams together, it ties his departments together, and how inexpensive the program is relative to what he's been paying. With that long-winded comment, I'm just wondering, what are some of the other things internally? What are some of the things that organizations themselves can do to ensure success of the Toastmaster program in their companies? I think that these are things that we discover when we have the conversation with the corporations, because each one will be different. When we look at, and I want to go back to look at why do uh, corporate clubs the way we've built them in the past often fail. And, and that's isolation, so not going to any out, outside events past the corporate club. 
the sponsorship that might have been one person inside that was their champion gets moved on or then loses interest, has other priorities, uh, it drops from their awareness and then we become invisible. The lack of being able to recruit people when we were recruiting them because of priorities in the workplace that people would say, you can't go to you can't go to your club meeting, you need to work on this project. So deadlines and pressure. Often that we have created a corporate club from a community club because we went and asked our community people who works in a corporation and would you be willing to take Toastmasters into your corporation? So for example, Greg gets called to go into his workplace and create Toastmasters. And then Greg may become Mr. Toastmaster responsible for the program. And that's all fine and good until Greg is burnt out, has other demands or leaves that workplace. And then Toastmasters disappears because it was really Greg's program or Greg's club. When we do, when we create them that way, we run the risk of being invisible. Nobody talks about it in management. There's no funding for it. There's no accountability for it, which is a really big thing in corporate world. And we might have a meeting place until some VP walks by and says, what are all those people doing in the boardroom? By some coincidence, somebody suddenly needs that boardroom, that it's not approved. They'll walk in and say, Who, who's approved you using the boardroom? And now you're now we're vulnerable to move again. So all those things just mostly because we fall off the radar because we depend on individuals. And so when we put it into the structure, now the learning department's responsible for booking the training facility for the professional program. The training departments responsible for making sure that the class is full of participants and Toastmasters says yes we need a minimum of 20 people to run an effective program then that's the responsibility of the corporation's training department to ensure that that's in place not the participant it just shifts the responsibility and when we have those mentor sponsors or liaisons that are there from Toastmasters they check in with learning and development, the training department, they check in with HR, how's it going? Are you getting good feedback? Here's the data, here's how many speeches have been delivered, here's some of the outputs, here's some of the outcomes, all those kinds of things that we can report back to the corporation that is specifically linked in transferable skills to that person's career. Pat, I think it might be helpful for some of our listeners to have a rundown of some of the language changes that they would learn from your handbook. Could you maybe list off a half a dozen or so, like instead of saying this, say that when you're in a corporate environment so we can get a, a broader scope of some of the ter terminology that you recommend? Sure. So if we think that you're in the corporation, talk about the program, not club. And I think that one's obvious. Talk about participants rather than member because they're learners or they're participants in a learning program. 
Talk about tuition because it's an education program they're taking, not dues. And I've referenced that before. Talk about the program or the sessions that they're attending, not meetings. Meetings, nobody's going to pay to go to meetings. People pay to get out of meetings in the corporations. (laughs) Talk about leadership roles versus club officers. Again, we don't have a club and we don't have necessarily officers. That sounds like part of a board, something inside. But talk about leadership roles that they would relate to also in that that leadership team of that program might be called um, the executive board or executive leaders, the leadership team, whatever it might be that fits that environment. And really refer to curriculum or the program rather than getting into the details about pathways. Corporate probably doesn't care what we call the curriculum. They just want to know that we've got curriculum and it's adult education principled and it's got 300 competencies. I would talk about milestones or managing to objectives. I would talk about strategic planning rather than the distinguished club program. So again, transferable skills. Probably use key performance indicators or KPI or critical success factors rather than the goals for the club. So those are some ideas in terms of corporate speak versus Toastmaster speak. Pat, please share with us, and it's in your book, and I, I still get a chuckle. I've read through the book a few times. When you talked about one instance where someone was talking about the, the cost of the Toastmasters program. This situation was a leader of our program went in to make a corporate call and the contact at the corporation asked about the cost of it. Our leader said, well, it's about 100. And the person said, in the corporation, I'll have to check with finance and get back to you. Can I do that in a week's time or some time frame was shared? And they said, absolutely. So a week later, they get a call. And basically, the story was that that they had approval for (laughs) $100,000. Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) And, And I love the story because this past weekend, I was at a district and we were talking about corporate programs and and that how ridiculous we are when we start to apologize that it's going to cost them maybe $100 or $150 a year per person, where I just uh, put forward a proposal for uh, some training and it was $4,500 for the day. It's good to do a reality check. We have a greater challenge with Toastmasters to create the perceived value when we are so inexpensive. In North America, I mean, it's all relative. It's a different story when you're in India or uh, different countries, what it costs, because it's all relative. But in North America, there is absolutely no need to be reluctant to say what this is going to cost. It's like when we go to buy a car, if somebody says, oh, it's 500 bucks, we go, oh, it'll fall apart when I drive it out on the street. (laughs) Can I have one for for 15,000 instead? Wow, Pat, (laughs) I am so glad that you have taken the charge on this project and that you've brought this manual to fruition and shared it with the rest of the Toastmasters community. Keeping with the theme of business, you know, they say that the numbers tell the story. 
one story here with your book is that it sold out at the international convention last summer. So <laughs> yeah. Um, Although that first run sold out, it is still available. So can you share for our listeners who want to dive in deeper and get so much more than we've had time to dig into on the show today, where can they go to get your new book? Toastmasters International is making the book available on their through their online store. So I encourage people to reach out to the online store and buy it through Toastmasters International. Just an aside on that, the the current board has a corporate initiatives committee that's meeting and they're using this as one of their resources in their look at how do we move forward as an organization regarding corporate. Uh, I thank them for that support and that initiative as well as, as making the the book available online from Toastmasters International. Uh, some of my Canadian friends, given that I've got a supply here at home, may want to just contact me. Uh, districts have contacted me for bulk. Pat the trainer, so it's P-A-T-T-H-E-T-R-A-I-N-E-R at Shaw, S-H-A-W dot C-A. If they'd put in the subject line, please, that it's about the handbook. And if they contact me, I'll ship them to them. Okay, a handbook for building and sustaining vibrant Toastmasters programs and corporations, the author, Pat Johnson. Pat, thank you once again for joining the show. Always a tremendous pleasure for Greg and I both. Thank you, Pat. Thanks, Ryan and Greg. It was my pleasure to be with everyone once again. If your life is perfect, stop the podcast now. Still with me? Great. I've put together an intensive online course on life mastery at livewellacademy.com. Based on decades of research and experience, I invite you to participate at 90% off the release date rate while I complete all the lessons with the expected completion by the end of 2019. At livewellacademy.com, you will learn how to really connect with others, the tricks of having a strong relationship, what you need to know about your health and staying fit, how to increase your overall well-being, how to be a better person, how to be a responsible member of society through improving your critical thinking skills, how to be more creative, how to sell, how to handle money and make more of it, learn about all the major religions of the world, learn about getting a job and creating one. Learn about success and how to achieve it, and more. This course is a result of the continued research that suggests that adults in the United States today are woefully unprepared for today's social and professional environment. People struggle with effective communication, relationships, weight and health issues, depression, life purpose, achievement, discerning fact from fiction, selling ideas to others, earning enough to live comfortably, finding jobs, and overall peace of mind. These are problems that get in the way of living a happy and fulfilling life when one's energy is spent on just trying to get by. This course addresses each of those problems and many more with the goal of helping you avoid those problems while focusing on what energizes you most. By the end of the course, you will be on the right track to designing the life you want to live and living it well. 
Register today at livewellacademy.com while the 90% discount lasts.